What's up, players? Welcome to episode number 51 of Ready Press Play. This is typically your weekly source for everything that's new and exciting in the world of video games that drops every Friday on your favorite podcast service, but not this week, since we are serving you up with a pre-recorded DLC episode uh, this week because we are still on vacation. So as you know, we normally discuss the top news of the week, notable, notable releases on all platforms, and what we're playing, big topics in the industry, and all the games we love and all that good razzmatazz, but... This week, we're hitting you up with one big topic of the show about 2020 and gaming. So if you want to write anything to be read on the show, you can go to readyplaynetwork.com or just hit us up on Twitter at ReadyPressPlay. So no matter, no matter where you found us, please subscribe to the feed to get every new show directly to your device as soon as it posts. And if you like it, please leave us a nice review. I'm your host, Louis Menchaca, and I'm joined today, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Daniel Lima. Louis, 2020 is over. Not for us, because we're talking to you from the past, but if you're listening to this right now... 2020 is either over or about to end. It is the new year. One of my favorite holidays. Actually, I tend to say it's my favorite holiday, um, which I think could be an even interesting start to the conversation. But instead, I'm going to start with Louis. I was talking with I was talking with Lee about this recently. Do you think all of the 2020 merch that people have been making? I don't know if you've seen this, like uh, 2020 sucks T-shirts and things along those lines. How do you think that's going to age throughout the next few years? I mean, I think uh, history will, will uh, definitely show that 2020 was a pretty bad year all around. So mm-hmm. I think that I think that um, historical data, it's going to be like we're going to be in the 2040s and, you know, uh, anthropologists are going to be studying like the history of humanity and then be like, yep, mm-hmm. 2020 was pretty, pretty bad. I keep wondering about this because I think the, the, the optimistic view of it, and I'm normally an optimistic, is that. 2020 ends and 2021 starts and all of the problems that were plagued with in 2020 are gone or are in the process of getting (laughs) solved. And early in 2021, life is better. But then there's also the potential that things get even worse (laughs) or that it could just they just continue. And then what if 2021 was an even worse year than 2020? And I I say that obviously, what a great way to start a freaking New Year episode, by the way. (laughs) I say this as somebody that I've noticed that, you know, for a couple of years now, it feels like every year at the end of the year, people are talking about how that was the worst year of the, you know, the last few years. Uh, and I think 2020 just blew blew all, all of that out of the water. Uh, but it makes me wonder if things like, man, 2020 was the worst year ever, if that's still going to be a thing that people say in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Mm. Yeah, or if it's just going to end up... will, 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 will uh, go walk past it kind of thing, so to speak. Yes, exactly. Or if it's just going to get kind of blurry. And then the other thing, too, is like, is anybody really going to be wanting to wear a 2020 sucked t-shirt in like 2025? Like, <laughs> are, we, are we actually going to want to keep doing that? But yeah, it's, I, don't, I doubt memes are going to be still thing. existing, you know, yeah, about mm-hmm. 2020. And yeah, you're right. I didn't even think about that. But I mean, memes are just generally speaking, memes are like the now moment kind of stuff. It's always yeah. like it used to be like memes could last months on the Internet back in like 08. But now memes last for five seconds before they're outdated. So, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. The, the, the faster world that we're living in and stuff. But yeah, no, it is January 1st when we're posting this. So I would like to wish you, Dan, and all the listeners a happy new year. And may, yeah. uh, Happy may, 20, year, everybody. may 2021 not be like a 2020 electric boogaloo, you know? So 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like I said, uh, you know what's kind of crazy is everyone like, especially I remember like tw- you know December 2019, and people were very hopeful for 2020. Um, everyone yeah. was talking about like this is going to be their year. It's a new decade, a new new me kind of stuff, like all that stuff. Which I think, I mean, like you know, for me personally, I think uh, 2020 was a pretty good year. I mean, like I'm not, I am completely the. Uh, I think I'm an outlier. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm working from home. I never got Same COVID. For me too. I never got COVID that I'm aware of because I never got tested, but I never got symptoms. Um, and you know, I've been, we'd got the podcast and I'm doing, I'm taking up some more hobbies and like, I had a lot of time to like, just sort of work on myself. And I feel like, like, uh, you know, this was a, this was good for me. I feel more Zen about myself, but, uh, like I said, I know I'm an outlier. I I know I'm not the, the typical like population that, you know, that has that benefit or whatever, but yeah. Yeah. I think I had a tweet in the beginning of the year 2020 where I said, Something along the lines of, you know, one of my goals for this year is to take on some more creative projects um, and, and and explore a little bit more of my creative side because I got in into a I, I had gotten into a rhythm and, and I'm used to having a lot of change in my life, by the way. I, I've had a life where there's been plenty of change. I've, I've moved so many times and um, cross country multiple times and et cetera. And 2019 was kind of a... Um, you know, it's kind of a very samey year where not a lot happened for me. I by the end of 2019, I was you know in the in the in the same job that I was in the same position that I was in the beginning of the year, and a lot of things had began to feel like very routine. But you know, not just the job, but also like just my life. Like my life felt at the end of the year the same that it did in the beginning. Um, and you know, there's nothing wrong with that, and I'm sure that's the reality uh, for a lot of people. But to me, I was like so used to like constant changes where, you know, in 2018, I had started in my job and I had graduated with my master's and the year before, you know, I was I was doing other stuff and moving again and all that stuff that that I just lacked that, you know, that excitement of new stuff. So 2020, you know, one of my goals was like, OK, what, what, can, what do I want to do then? I, I want to start some new projects. I want to do some new things. Uh, and, and in the end of the day, like I ended up changing jobs and. Um, I got married, I, I got engaged in the first day of the year and then married by the end of it. Damn. And, and then we started this podcast and I also, you know, there, I, I got some other random hobbies that I, that I picked back up. So between everything, it just felt like there was a lot more change, like positive change too, for me this year than there had been in a while. So, um, yeah, I agree with you. I'm in the same boat where this was kind of, I was kind of an outlier this year as well, where things went well, right? Yeah. And it's even something that I mentioned in the podcast that I was on with Jono uh, putting in work that it, it I almost felt guilty about it for a while. Like I, I really did. And at some point, you just got to accept that, well, you know, I'm lucky to have this and and, and I, I just got to appreciate it, right? Yeah, yeah. And you never take anything for granted. Like, I mean, like I got I got LASIK this year and I was just, uh, you know, I remember thinking about it and on Thanksgiving whenever I was like, huh, this is like um, my first time in the holiday pictures where I don't have glasses or the first time in mm-hmm. we're having a holiday like feast and dinner and stuff. And I'm like seeing the room with my own eyes and stuff like that. And I felt like um, like the, the the novelty of like basically like I went I uh I basically uh, made made this running joke that now, I'm now seeing in 4K now for the first time in my life. It's mm. like the novelty of just seeing everything in HD or, or, or ultra HD and is has not uh, you know waned on me at all. So and and the funny thing is, you stopped wearing glasses this year, and I started wearing glasses this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So. 
But yeah, no, I just, I, I kind of wanted to like, you know, just get into like, I know, I know last week we were just sort of talking about ourselves and just sort of like, you know, we sort of just vibed and everything. And I kind of wanted to, you know, do that spirit again here uh, with this, with this conversation. But this time, uh, since the last one was not gaming focused, uh, we're going to do gaming focused on this year. So we're going to talk about like 2020 and gaming. And so when you, when you first presented me with the topic, like I didn't, I, I don't know how we, or there was two ways we can approach it. We could either say, Hey, we can talk about like, you know, like the big news of the year, like, you know, like from everything from like Corona, coronavirus watch and all the, the E3s mm-hmm. that got canceled and all that stuff. And we can sort of like give like a, like a wholesale summary of like the industry in 2020, or we can sort of like pivot and say, well, like make it personal and be like us and our personal mm-hmm. growth in 2020. And in terms of gaming, like, cause I feel like I leveled up as a gamer this year. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I started writing articles and I was doing, uh, like, I, I appreciate what IGN articles now because like, I know what it takes to, you know, research, uh, very thoughtful, provoking like articles and stuff. You know, I put quality in my work and that's why I thought of myself as one of the best writers for the level, uh, level one gaming, because I was like, man, I need a, I like, I was so proud of that art that, you that, uh, esports army, uh, article because it had the most hits out of any article I read, I wrote, but it was also mm-hmm. like, the most impactful well maybe maybe not the most because i would say the smash one of my smash the yeah that's what i was thinking of yeah but uh like you know i i am uh i think i've like worked on like you know myself as far as like finding a voice in my writing and style that you know people resonate with and david just you know yeah david like the one of the owners of the website you know he gave me a compliment and he's like he said that he sent me a text message saying like, "Damn, you're you write the best reviews," and I'm like, "Wow, okay, that's crazy." Mm-hmm. And um, you know, uh, I just wanted to say that like um, I've learned a lot about you know what what it takes to to critique something. You know, even on our spoiler casts, you know, we did that and writing these reviews for these indie games that I never heard about and sort of just taking a like a an approach to like you know you know viewing the game beyond besides myself. You know, because like I think I have like personal biases and in terms of genres that I may or may not gravitate to. And then I'm being forced to like, you know, write a review for something that I'm have little experience in and, and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. And I was just thinking to myself, man, this is uh it's been a crazy year. And I think that um, a side benefit for all the delays that, that happened for, because of coronavirus, I, um, I tackled a lot of backlog this year and not enough that I wanted to. Obviously, we make that running joke that my backlog is just ridiculous. <laughs> and, you know, I think I only like crossed one thing off of my official list. But, you know, we did. I feel like I did put in work this year and, and it feels I feel really good about it. What about mm-hmm. you? Yeah, no, I, I agree. One of the one of my in terms of, of gaming and, and playing games, one of my sort of resolutions for the year was that I wanted to beat one game a month. And yeah, I remember I, that. I was super jealous, by the way, of seeing that Twitter post where it's like mm-hmm. I was sort of like feeling like I'm falling behind because I never, <laughs> I never had a Twitter thread of of uh, anything like that. By the way, yeah. and and I I didn't do it as in like I didn't actually beat a game every month of the year necessarily, um, but I did beat over twelve games this year, and and some of them are kind of almost like cheats because they're like they're so easy. Um, and <laughs> a I did game, I, like one of them was a mobile game. I was like, oh, come on. Yeah, come on. exactly. And then yeah. there's like some repeats and stuff. But even then, like, so if I don't consider the repeats, I did beat um, 14 games this year that I had not before. And out of the 14, I would say that, you know, there, there's two kind of uh, throwaway mobile ones, not not based on the on the quality of the games necessarily, but just in like you could beat them really fast. Um, but other than that, I still think it's it was valid. So 
Um, and I think only one of those games was an actual 2020 game, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. It was The Last of Us Part Two. All the other ones were, most of them were actually 2019 games because I had a lot of, I had a lot of catching up to do. And I, I tend to do that a lot. So like some of the best games that I played in 2019 were 2018 games. And some of the best games that I played this year were 2019 games. So I kind of want to go through my, yeah. <laughs> I kind of want to go through my list right now to see, and I'll, I'll skip the repeats actually, but you know, I beat Devil May Cry 5, which that was 2019. Uh, I beat Sea of Solitude, which was a 2019 game as well. Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, same thing. Uh, and then Florence, this was just like a quick mobile game. So this is like, this is one where I, I almost don't count it because it was just so quick. But it was it was a cute little mobile experience too. Fire Emblem Three Houses, that was a big investment. That one I remember, you know, because I beat this in April. I was playing this pretty much since January, I think. Um, Untitled Goose Game, then Shadow of the Colossus, uh, The Last of Us Part Two. One Night Stand was this other, like, this was, like, a quick uh, PSN game that you could also, like, beat really fast. It's about just playing it over and over until you get all the endings. And then I got all the endings and got the platinum on it in, like, an hour. Um, Bioshock, which we played together. Gris, which is this, you know, artsy um, indie game from 2018. Mm. Horror Story, which you know about. A Way Out, which we played together. And then Luigi's Mansion 3 was the last new game that I that I finished this year. So the truth is a lot of those I would probably have not uh, finished if it wasn't for this podcast, because that added the pressure of like, Oh, I really got to beat Luigi's mansion to, you know, do the spoiler cast. And, and we did a way out together on stream and all that stuff. But um, I was happy that I got to finish um, kind of cross off as many games from my list as I did this year. And that I had a really good time with the majority of them actually. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I mean, I think that's you. That's what games are supposed to be for. I mean, be about, you know, why are you, why would you be throwing away time on a game that you don't want to beat kind of thing, so to speak? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that it's funny now that I look at that list, it's like, do I feel that way about anything? Um, <laughs> and, and the closest ones to that actually would have been Untitled Goose Game. Actually, you know, Untitled Goose Game was, was a fun experience, but I felt like the more I played it, the more I started getting kind of frustrated. And by the end, I was like, I just kind of wanted to get it done with at that point, uh, which I know is not how a lot of people. I I've realized after I played that game that that's actually a very unique feeling. Almost almost anybody I've talked to about this that game, they love it. They love it. They're all about it. Um, and then and then Sea of Solitude was kind of like okay. I I had higher expectations going into it than when I actually finished it. Um, how I felt about it. But that aside, all of the other ones, I I was pretty happy with about my time with them. Um, a way out. What a what a nice surprise that game is, too, because, like, I, you know, from, I, I know I really like Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, and I was excited to eventually play A Way Out, but I just kind of got this vibe from it where it, it didn't feel like it was going to be as special, and when we actually played it together, I was like, man, they, they, like, he did it again, like, this is really good, especially, you know, when you get to that event at the end and, and things end up happening the way they do i was like joseph ferris fucking did it again man this is really special too yeah i mean i did i, I don't know like i don't know why i did, i have this terrible th- thing where it's like I, I like a game but and then i stop playing it midway through and i I've yeah done that. i do that a lot too and uh i don't know i guess uh i don't know i guess you're that special someone i guess because like i don't know like I, <laughs> the uh i think it's like who you play it with is also it's also like a huge like determining factor. I don't know if that's oh yeah. If that's a, I don't know if that's a bad thing. I mean like I mean anything that's anything gets it's better when it's with someone else kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. I, I, a bad movie is is more watchable when you're 
you're watching it with someone and you're like lampooning it. And by the way, the other day I was like, you know, uh, like blanking on words or whatever. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't think of what I was trying to say. I was trying mm-hmm. to say mystery science theater. It's like, you know, that that whole mm. like hot takes and stuff where it's like people are like lamp- lampooning stuff. I don't think we really did that whole mystery science theater thing, by the way, during uh, during a way out. I think, well, we might have. We might have been like, oh, look at this Uncharted moment. Uh uh, like, look at this game design. It's kind of wonky and all that stuff. I think we did that, like, a couple of times here and there. But overall, we were, like, we hyped. We we were hyped whenever the hype was brought. Like, the times whenever, yeah. like, the two motorcycles were, like, jumping over each other. Or whenever we, like, you know, shot that one guy, like, overly overkilled him and he fell into the pool. I feel like those mm. cool, like, moments and stuff are just, like, those are, like, those, those hype-inducing memorable moments that you just, uh, you will just never forget. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I'm just... Uh, I'm I'm just kind of wondering like is it is it takes two like is is that going to be like hype moments like that or is it going to be more quieter more like intimate like emotional moments and not so much bombastic and stuff like that I think so yeah because even when you think about brothers that's not a bombastic game and it's intentional because it's a different it's a different message and it's a different kind of game so I think that it takes two based on, you know, the trailers and what we've seen, it's probably going to be closer to Brothers um, than A Way Out in, in that sense of, like, mood, right? But I, I do think it will bring... Obviously, it will have, you know, full voice acting, as we saw on the trailer, and it's going to have a lot of that humor as well. But I think it's going to be closer to that than to A Way Out, probably. But I'm excited nonetheless. I mean, I love Brothers, too. I, I'm excited to see how different that ends up being... Um, and what is the, you do know, you, do you think that, uh, what's the bet here? Like over under kind of stuff is like, do you think that this game is going to be more polished than a way out? Or is it going to be like, you know, that little jank that we, that we appreciate a way out for? I think, I think, I think that his training upwards in that sense, probably, but that there's still going to be a little jank. <laughs> and and I think it's going to be good. It's going to be good jank. <laughs> it's, right? uh, it's, good it's, not a, it's not a, it's not a bug. It's a feature. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's like the, so. that's one of those quotes that will never die, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I wonder, I wonder what year that was set in. That's what I want to know, but yeah. Anyways, speaking of years, um, like how do you, uh, I guess, I guess that's really all I wanted to say about myself in 2020. I think like just overall, like the theme, it was definitely, uh, that of growth. And I feel like I'm going to be taking it to the next level in a 2021. Um, you know, I'm, I, uh, my hopes and my, my new year's resolution, one of my new year's resolution, um, is that I, I got a piano for Christmas this year and, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm hoping to learn to play piano and that's my, my new year's resolution is to do that. And I want to play every mm-hmm. video game music that I can possibly think of. I want to play like the Ocarina of Time soundtrack. I want to play every <laughs> Mario theme from like Mario Brothers to to, to Galaxy and Odyssey and like and, and all everything. Like I want to play Pokemon music. I want to I want to just you know be that nerdy piano player that you whenever you're like you're in a public place or whatever and there's a piano there like that's just sitting there. I just want to be able to walk up to it and just start playing some random stuff and people are like you know you know sort of gather around kind of stuff and just be maybe be a viral sensation. I don't know, but you know. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so full of myself, but yeah, no, like <laughs> I, I just want to, I just want to be, you know, get at that level. And, um, uh, uh, of course I want to continue to obviously work on my, my backlog. Um, it's, it's crazy. I still it's been over a year and I still haven't beat Jedi, Fa- Jedi fallen order of, of, mm-hmm. of all the games that I, I really want to beat that game for some reason. I just, but like, I'm just, it just, 
I don't know. It feels like it feels like with with how busy I am all the time, like that's and I'm juggling so many things that the only way I can really do something is if I have a deadline <laughs> or something, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I know. No, deadlines help me too. Actually, a lot of times, if it's not for the deadline, it, it like I don't like having it because you know I don't like the stress of having to hit it and having to finish something on time, and sometimes. That means, you know, losing sleep or losing rest time or any of these other things or yeah. having to make concessions. Like the Luigi's but, Mansion review, you know? Yeah. That was... Yeah. But at the, at the end of the day, that's the uh, sometimes that's the only way that I'm actually to actually get me to to finish something, especially these things. So um, on one sense, you know, I, I do want to kind of go a little bit lighter on things like that next year, personally, because there were a lot of moments this year where I had so much going on at once. And things that I had to finish by this time that it actually caused me a lot of stress. And it when 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 your hobbies are causing you, you know, more stress than even like your job or or they're in the same level, it kind of feels like there's almost like no escape in a way. Hmm. So I do want, I think, that to for to figure out be- best ways to manage my time so that I don't feel that way in, in 2021. And and it wasn't something that was true for the, the the whole year. And it's something that got, you know, aggravated by having other big events happening in my life this year as well. But I think 2021, uh, I'm hoping that I can have an easier time kind of um, balancing all these things together and managing all of those things. No, it's got to be um, worse, Dan. You gotta, you're, you're missing the point. Uh, Ready Press Play 2.0 has to be go bigger and go harder. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? So, like, there's that there's that thing, too, which is like... Part of me is like all these things that I work on, I want them I want them to get bigger and I want to add more to them. But then on the other end, it's like I only have so much time, right? Yeah. So I also got to – and I – that's something that – you know, the thing that I really should do actually next year and that I, um, I want to figure out how to do well is that I got to give myself more um, almost like scheduled designated rest time uh, because it's something that I don't. And when I say rest time, I don't mean like – you know, playing Luigi's Mansion so that you beat it by this time so that you can record the spoiler cast right after. Uh, I mean, it like legitimate rest, right? Like there's nothing that you actually need to do during that time frame and actually respect it. You know, I've watched videos before about we talk a lot about this concept of deep work, right? Like being able to focus um, like I'm going to reserve a time so that I can focus on my work and then not get distracted. I'll put my phone away or whatever. And then that's called we call that deep work. It's something that's mentioned a lot in the world of you know productivity videos and things like that time management etc but then there's also deep rest which is kind of the opposite it's like i'm gonna reserve this time and i'm gonna take everything else away so that i can just rest right um and that doesn't necessarily mean doing nothing but it just means doing whatever you feel like doing in that moment with no obligations and i had very little of that (laughs) over the last few months and that's something that i want to make sure that i include like it's not just something that I need that I can have like like once uh, every every month or every other month or something. It's something that I need on a weekly basis. So I definitely want to factor that in. But I, I realize now that we're kind of completely derailing this <laughs> this conversation because we're supposed to talk about games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean that's fine. That's fine. We got time. Uh, no, yeah. that's what, that's fine. We're, uh, how do you want to pivot? Do let's uh, do you want to talk about like the industry or do you want to talk about our favorite releases of the year? What do you think? Um, I have an idea. So I kind of want to go, um, I kind of want to go month by month and talk a little bit about like kind of the biggest game that month. Okay. And in some cases we didn't play it, but I think, I still think it's kind of interesting to maybe talk about and see if we have any opinion of it Mm. on one way or the other. So like in January, the biggest game of January, do you remember what it was? 
Uh, I would say Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. That was probably yes. the biggest game. That's what I would give it to you as well. And and the interesting thing with that game is that, you know, it's a game. It came out and I was like, all right, but cool. I didn't really care much for it. Um, didn't really look into it. Didn't think he was going to really set the world on fire in any way. And I, I didn't think it did. But if you look at sales charts for, you know, that early time frame of the year, but even right now, I think like that game sold a lot. Like a lot of people bought that game and it charted really high on the NPDs. For like um, a couple of months I, in a row. I remember that. It was number one. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. It was like, well, it was up there um, for a couple of months in a row. And I think that if you looked at like year to date, like up until half, like halfway through the year, at least year to date, it was on the top 10 year to date still. Mm. Uh, and it might even still be. I, I would assume that by now with some of the latest, like, you know, Call of Duty came out and the sports games came out and all that stuff. So yeah. I would assume maybe it's Falling it's off, not yeah. on the top 10 anymore, but yeah. it was for a long time. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. Was, was I don't know if this was classified. It was like it was a single player game. Is my my understanding? It's not a multiplayer like fighting game in the sense because of the camera control. Like when you're playing, mm-hmm. it's, it's like a it's like a retelling of the Dragon Ball Z like saga uh, where you're playing through it, and it's sort of like got that like Budokai style of fighting and stuff. So and like a level up progression system and everything, like an RPG. And I don't know. There, mm-hmm. there might have been some original story. You might play as an original character. I don't know. Uh, but I remember people raving about it and stuff like that. And I, I almost thought about getting it and stuff, but then I realized like, you know, I'm not going to play it. Like I don't have yeah. time. Like I, uh, I haven't even beat the campaign for Dragon Ball fighters and, uh, yeah. I actually like that game. So yeah, <laughs> uh, not, not a, like not a, not a dig at it, by the way. I was just saying like, that's pretty much going to be yeah. like a story of a lot of games, by the way, even the games I do own. So yeah, no, yeah. I get that. It's like just like this year, I played like a handful of 2019 games that I that I wanted to get to and have played. You know, which included I played through Death Stranding a lot, and I even though I didn't finish it yet, and I played Devil May Cry Five and a few other games, Call of Duty, etc. Um, next year, I know that I'm gonna, especially in the beginning of the year, I know that I'm gonna be playing through some of those 2020 games that I missed. Like I, I definitely want to play Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I want to play Ghost of Tsushima. Like those are gonna be probably some of the first games that I play early next year. Um, but I don't think I would ever get to the point where I would add Dragon Ball Z to that list. (laughs) Once again, it's it's no dig at the game, but it's just like, I, I, it doesn't seem to me like it's on the same tier as these other games. So since I have limited time, then I would rather dedicate it to these games that I know were, you know, game of the year contenders, right? To, in in a bigger level, like Ghost of Tsushima, which is a game a lot of people say was the best game of the year, that it was better then Last of Us Part Two, and it's that I do want to see that with my own eyes. And Final Fantasy VII Remake, which is this awesome reinvention of a classic, like I want to go back and play the original Final Fantasy VII for a while and then see the remake and see how they change things. So, so I definitely want to experience some of those. I just want to ask you, like, do you think how Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, how did it release in October? Do you think that the game would have been nominated for like best action game or best RPG or whatever categories fit? I don't think so, because I will actually say, and I know that, you know, you're referring to the recency bias, this idea that a game like Hades comes out around the time people are voting for the Game Awards and then gets a boost because of that. But I will say that Dragon Ball Z actually got a different type of boost, which is the fact that it came out 
when no other big release was coming out. So I actually think a lot more people play Dragon Ball Z because of when it came out than otherwise would. It had, a, it had an I, empty feel to itself that it can dominate. Yes. Yeah. So, and I feel like if it had come out in like October, it would have been... Drowned out. You know, it would have not sold or made as much of an impact. Not sold as well or, so, or made as much of an impact. Hmm. Interesting take. Um, Interesting. So you got to like pick your... Which which would you want to go for? Sales or, or cloud? Obviously you're going to go for sales. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Um. Continuing through the year, what do you think? And I, I like the idea of me continuing to quiz you on this. By okay. the way, all right. Feb- February. What do you think was uh, were the big games of February or game? Let's see here. Looking at the February list, uh, I see a lot of like remasters and stuff like that and re-releases. Yes, there was a lot of that. Like this a year. Street Fighter Five re-release, uh, a Metro re-release on the Switch, and like Devil May Cry re-release on the Switch. Jesus Christ. Um, I would say dreams. <laughs> and the thing is that dreams uh, i don't think sold well right but when i look at like the list of games that came out on february which is the one that you know i might actually check out and that i actually saw you know videos off and and a little bit of marketing for and i mean regardless of whether like it made a splash when it came out or not i mean dreams is a game that we saw dreams on the when they announced the ps4 yeah, yeah. <laughs> so just the fact that it finally came out, uh, you know, at the last year of the console, basically, I think makes it a noteworthy event for that month. You know, Dreams finally came out. When they showed off Dreams in 2013, they should have just, like, put on the on the thing and they ended the little, like, trailer with just 2020. Like, <laughs> <laughs> How crazy that would have that been? That would have been Can so you imagine? If they actually knew it was going to be, like, a 2020, like, they're dating it seven years into the future. Like Jesus That would have been the equivalent of if we saw a trailer now and then we saw 2027 at the end. <laughs> like, like, or can you... Is there there must be a game that was announced this year that is going to come out in 2027. You know what I mean? But it seems so insane right now, right? That would be the end of this generation potentially. Maybe the re- the next generation is already beginning. And well, you know what's kind of but crazy that happens. Is like Cyberpunk 2077 was announced was it eight years ago, right? Or no? Am I yeah. Right? So yeah, like, I think that's right. So basically, like that that was a situation where it's like eight years ago was 2012, and we're like coming, so we're sunsetting the the PS3 and the 360 and stuff, and here comes the new hotness that is the PS4 and the Xbox One, and you know it's like oh my god, it's going to be next gen, and and we all know mm-hmm. how that story played out, but it's kind of interesting to think that that's how like you know a game that game development can last an entire console life cycle yeah 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 it's pretty insane i mean final fantasy 7 remake wasn't that different like i remember they showed that, tra- that original trailer a long time ago yeah was it 2014 or 2015 i can't remember which one which e3 it was but yeah um, i think it was 2014 it must have been 2014 and then um but, what's it called the other there was another one that i was thinking about uh, um people were thinking that kingdom hearts 3 was going to be vaporware by the way i remember seeing mm-hmm. a story about that so it's like damn kingdom hearts 3 yeah. was also like debuted uh during the ps4 like presentation or whatever like hardware presentation and then it came out what last year in 2019 and then this year in january around the time of dragon ball uh, z kakarot we got the the remind dlc and everything so yeah anyways yeah if I remember correctly, it was also in the middle of February or towards the end of the month that we started hearing about the coronavirus yeah. and the ways that it would affect things. Yep. Yeah. At this point, we had no idea, though, of yeah. how, how bad it would be. Yep. And then here comes March and then Animal Crossing with the biggest game of, of March, just or possibly the year, just coming yeah. in and just keeping us occupied at the right time. 
What a, Dude, what a I, way for the stars to align on that one, by the way. I know, man. It's it's crazy, right? Like, Animal Crossing has sold more than any PlayStation exclusive ever, by the way. <laughs> I think I look, I saw some stats about that recently. Animal Crossing sold over 26 million units. And I'm pretty sure that it's significantly more than any other game in the franchise. And that was in a console, by the way. It, coming out exclusively to a console that you know, has a big install base for the time that it's been in the market, but it's only really been in the market for three years um, by the time that the game came out. So in an install base of what was at the time, like 50 million switches, right? Suddenly they sold 70 million switches. Yeah. Yes. Like they sold more, a lot more switches. And then also like the one every three people that has a switch has an animal crossing, or has animal crossing right now. And the switch is sold out, by the way, they were being scalped and it's like, <clears throat> that's unheard of to have like a console that had been out three years in the market and suddenly there's like a uh, like a dry like a like a desert a shortage mm -hmm. of it you know yeah and uh, i was looking at some npd numbers recently and i think it said something about how the switch has been the best-selling console month after month for the last 24 months in a row which mm. is insane like i don't i don't think that's a normal thing to happen <laughs> maybe before it was like the ps4 for a really long time probably mm -hmm. um it must have been the PS4 for many years well, I mean, before that, actually. I mean, yeah. obviously, it came out in 2017, the, the PS4 and the Xbox One that came out in 2013. So they were already long in the tooth, kind of, so to speaking. They were more maturing. Yeah. They were they were on their way out, so to speak. And I feel like the last two years of, the, of this console generation with the PS4 and the Xbox One, it almost kind of felt like... Um, they were dying kind of saying like, I don't know how to, mm -hmm. I don't know how to explain it, but there was like this, this sunset feeling that happened, you know, despite, you yeah. know, final fantasy coming and despite last of us and ghost coming, it was, uh, things definitely felt like they were w winding down. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, it's interesting, right? I feel like 2018 was such a strong year, right? <laughs> like that was the kind of the peak year for the PlayStation four, especially for instance. And then, 2019 was kind of like this low year. I mean, when you think about Sony exclusives, mm -hmm. right? Um, 2018 had God of War, Spider-Man, and um, Detroit. And then 2019 had Death Stranding, Days Gone, and the Graffiti Game. I forgot what it's called. It's like, it's a second party sort of indie oh, yeah. uh, graffiti game. I know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Uh, let me look it up. I here. wish I could remember there the name. But uh, let's see. Oh, damn it. I, I would know. say 2020 was like back up, though, because like then 2020 was Final Fantasy VII Remake and The Last of Us Part Two and Ghost of Tsushima. So I feel like it's called Concrete Genie. There we go. Concrete Genie was what I was thinking of. So I feel like, you know, not nothing against the games. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I played 20 hours of Death Training and I, I ended up really loving that game. And I, I think it, it deserved um, more. I don't know. It it deserved even more hype than it got, probably, or, or more. It deserved a better reception, in my opinion. Mm. But uh, regardless, like it, it feels like I don't know. I feel like twenty twenty still, despite all the issues, it still ended up being a pretty big year for new game releases. Yeah, I mean March March alone was very competitive. Like it's crazy to think that like L L Nintendo's little like Animal Crossing game. It's basically like. It's like a franchise that wasn't really like big until like the 3DS, I'd say. Like I feel like mm -hmm. as far as like sales and you know calling it a juggernaut, because like if you look at the Wii and the DS, nobody really talks about those Animal Crossing entries. Um, but like we have in in March we have Ori and the Will of the Wisps, 
MLB The Show 20, Doom Eternal, Half-Life Alex, and then if you want to call it Persona 5 Royal as its own release, then you mm-hmm. basically have all of these games in March just sort of, you know, vying for like the crown of, you know, Top Dog and, you know, um, generally speaking, more like people were like, uh, I remember seeing the memes about like Animal Crossing and uh, Animal Crossing and uh, Doom Eternal releasing on the same day. And then, of course, Half-Life Alex was sort of like sitting on its own, like on its own side, kind of like crying to itself. But everyone was all memeing about how like Isabel and and uh, <laughs> Doom, Doom Slayer are like high-fiving each other and everything. And, mm-hmm. and it's kind of crazy that you would think that like Doom Eternal would have been the bigger release, especially because yeah. it was on more than one platform. Whereas like Animal Crossing was an exclusive to one platform. And generally speaking, you can sell more volume because you're in more hardware. But that wasn't quite the case here in this in this particular instance. Yeah, I would have never imagined that that game would have made as much of a splash as it did. And I, I honestly kind of feel like they ate Doom Eternal's lunch because <laughs> you didn't really, I didn't really see almost anything about Doom Eternal during that month. Um, I'm sure like, you know, so a lot of people probably bought it and played it and had a good time. And I, I also think it probably appealed to a whole audience of people that didn't have a Switch and it appealed to a whole audience of people that don't like to play games like Animal Crossing, which there's a bunch of people like that out there, a bunch of gamers like that out there. Um, and it was also interesting to see that Doom Eternal proved to have some legs considering that it got all those nominations in the Game Awards. I don't remember if it really won anything. I don't think it did. But still, just the fact that the fact that there was enough people to nominate it in when they were doing the nominations in, I think, November... When the game came out in March, shows that you know made it maybe it made more of a splash than we give it credit for. But yeah, I I saw so much more Animal Crossing stuff during March and then moving forward in the year than I did Doom Eternal. All right, so let's go ahead and move yeah. on to April. Now this is my this is not my uh, my big question. Like I remember like. This was like the, I think the height of like coronavirus watch and our segments on the podcast and everything like that, mm-hmm. and people were like you know starting to like I remember the uh, the Final Fantasy VII remake situation, which obviously is the biggest game of April by the way, but I remember mm-hmm. like the Final Fantasy VII remake situation. There were people were like worried about how game distribution was gonna be handled because. It was all about like essential items like, you know, your toilet papers and your hand sanitizers and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, the infrastructure isn't going to want to like deliver or, you know, ship these Blu-ray boxes because why the hell are you, you know? I remember mm-hmm. like that was a situation where it's like, oh my God, how is this going to, how is the game industry going to survive? And also uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake specifically is like, they because like they, you know, went gold so earlier, earlier or whatever to the point where like, yeah, that game broke street date because, uh, you know, there's no control over like, you know, distribution and stuff like that. And I remember like, you know, Square Enix was tweeting out. It's like, oh, if you got the game, it's all it's good. It's all good. Go ahead and play it. Have fun. You know, that kind of stuff. I don't know if I'm or if I'm making that memory up, but I feel like that happened. I think it was a true story. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and I think you're right. And, and the interesting thing, too, with Final Fantasy VII Remake is that I think it was the last game to come out like the last big game to come out in its normal date and not be affected by the transition to work from home. Oh yeah, that was the last situation. Yeah, yeah. I it mean, it did, it did get game. like a couple, like a two week or three week delay out of March. By the way, like it was supposed to. Oh, yeah. did it? Yeah. Don't you I remember? Ju- we, just, we covered like a little minor delay. It's like, oh, it's just a little delay. It's all right. You know, yeah. Yeah, I I just think like between Animal Crossing until Final Fantasy VII Remake, that was the period where it's like, okay, here are the games that were done before all this thing hit, right? Or that were you know basically done before this whole thing hit, and then from this point on, everything will probably get delayed <laughs> uh, because it will inevitably be affected by 
the COVID pandemic, even if people were able to, you know, still maintain the same level of productivity while working from home, they would at least be affected by the transitional period, right? Or if like getting everybody ready, getting processes set up and, and infrastructure set up so that people could actually do it. And and it was kind of around this time frame that I think we started seeing a lot of, you know, Avengers get delayed and Cyberpunk get delayed, which would happen multiple times. <laughs> yeah. And imagine and if Cyberpunk came out in April when it was supposed to, like that damn. <laughs> mm-hmm. I wonder what kind of state it would have been, how it how it would have That's like true. performed if you know, it's already in a poor state now. Like imagine like, you know. But anyways, I, I just want to say, like, I just wanted to give a quick, like, nod to the fact that Resident Evil 3, it felt like that game came and went. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think with, like, the Resident Evil 2 remake situation and everyone's, like, still even talks about Resident Evil 2 remake. And I feel like that game, Resident Evil 3 remake, didn't really, like, have any kind of staying power or any kind of resonance or anything like that. I don't know if it's yeah. the source material wasn't as good or the fact that the remake was handled not as well. Like, I can't tell the difference because I'm not a Resident Evil fan. But mm-hmm. damn, I kind of feel I kind of I kind of feel sorry for the fact that you know this kind of like you know is still overshadowed by you know number like the second game you know yeah Resident Evil two like that was a game of the year nominee and a lot of people actually thought that it was going to win game of the year last year mm. I don't think it did in most outlets but it was a serious contender and it was the Final Fantasy seven remake of last year and I think that Resident Evil three this year definitely did not get as close of a good reception as that did and and no staying power whatsoever and i think it's for a few different reasons i'm not a huge resident evil fan either i have a very good friend that's obsessed with it and has played every single game and knows everything about the lore and all that stuff and he loved re2 and the he really didn't like re3 and I don't know, you know, his exact reasons. And sometimes he has hot takes. So I also don't know if they're like trustworthy or something. But <laughs> he he didn't like the changes that they made to the game. Um, and he also thought that, you know, they it wasn't handled as well. Like the, they, they didn't put focus on the right things, like to improve on the right things that people expected that they would. And it was actually, it wasn't just Resident Evil 3, by the way. It was, it was a package where they actually remade Resident Evil 3. But there was also this other mode, like it was like a special mode. It was Resident Evil, I think it was called Resistance or something. I think it was the multiplayer, um, wasn't it? Where it was the multiplayer mode. Yeah. And, and and maybe, you know, this, my, this friend's theory is that they divided their attention between these two things. And they didn't really give RE3 the, the focus that it deserved and the focus that they gave RE2 instead. So it comes across like the Resident Evil community didn't really respond to it very positively in general. Uh, on top of that, I also know that it's a shorter game and just a game that doesn't have as much meat to it as RE2 does. Uh, so it's kind of a mix of both worlds of what you said there. It's like sort not as much on the source material, but also not handled as well and not given as much effort and work as uh, RE2 did. There's also the fact that it was the second one to come out. So like <laughs> RE2 just kind of woe at everybody. And then within a year, they got this next one coming out and that at that point, you got to woe people further. Otherwise, they're going to be extremely disappointed, right? You know so. what's kind of funny is, like, I would imagine, like, that would be interesting to see if, like, Capcom's, like, internal sales numbers and see that mm-hmm. RE2 remake outsold, like, RE3 on Black Friday, just the one that just happened. That would be interesting. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I could see that happening. Yeah. But, yeah, other, other other notable releases that happen, I think I see Gears Tactics. I see uh, Trials of Mana. I see Predator Hunting Grounds. Nothing I really want to comment on, but I know that those are like more major releases in, 
having didn't that predator game just get its servers shut down or something by the way <laughs> or am i thinking of something else i think oh, it was my, jason you know, i think it was friday the 13th that got its server you're shut right down, you're right it's the same developer though yeah, yeah yeah so may uh man may was uh was it did the last of us really drop in may i thought it dropped in june for some reason i don't know maybe no the last of us dropped in june oh okay it was supposed to be you're looking oh uh, you know what you're US, probably looking the usa gamer <laughs> the ah uh, damn okay Let's see here. Let's go to what Wikipedia. You... Let's go to Wikipedia. Oh, okay. So they put a photo. No, the US Gamer article, they put a photo of The Last of Us Part Two, but it's not actually included in the list. Yeah, it says um, the much anticipated sequel to The Last of Us leads the way in May. And thanks to a couple of delays, it might clean up in terms of sales. <laughs> that means that they haven't updated this article since then. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, or at least they didn't update the write-up. Yeah. Yeah, I think we didn't really get any major release in May. Um, it seems like Maybe the wonderful 101 remaster. That was kind of an interesting surprise that happened this year. Um, but I don't really think a lot of people really played it still. John Wick Hex. It's, you know, a cool uh, indie game. Well, oh, uh, did, uh, I don't know if it Did May have any, but... uh, Iron Man VR or no? I'm trying to look at it. I don't see anything here. Oh, man. Nothing. I don't see. I, Minecraft Dungeons, I know that was really big. I know uh, Fame, friend of the show, um, you know, played it and streamed it and stuff. So... There is Man Eater as well, the the shark. Oh, the game. shark one, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that one. Hmm. Wow, that's interesting. It's kind of crazy. Iron Man VR, I think, was supposed to come out in May and then got um, delayed to July. Ah, so that's right. That's right. That's right. Jay, damn, man. Wow, that's crazy. It's like there's really not a whole lot of hype here in May, and it's kind of crazy. It's like the start of the summer, and we got like you know Mafia two and three definitive editions, and you know. <laughs> Uh, it's interesting to look at the months like this and then think about next year and think about what what are good months for people to release games on. Um, like if a big AAA game dro- had dropped in May, like everybody would have played it, right? So maybe that's something to to consider. Maybe next year, you know, companies should be looking at January, February, May, because March used to be one of those months, but now March has been getting pretty packed. I mean, a few years ago we had. Breath of the Wild and Horizon dropping in March as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. What's it called that? And then, I don't know. Like, it feels like there should be, like, a better, uh, like, with, with with movies and stuff. Like, when I think of the movie industry, um, you know, big blockbuster movies and stuff, they usually, like, you know, stake their their dates, their, like, their flag on the, on the ground on a date years in advance. So that way other studios can release their movies around them, away from them, so as to not compete mm-hmm. with each other and stuff so that everyone gives each other breathing room to like you know and then like and if you're if another movie comes out um on the same day as a movie it's usually counter programming because it's going it's targeting targeting a completely different audience that you know so like in 2008 on the same day you have the dark knight comes out but also mama mia comes out because it's a chick flick so it goes for a different right. audience so it's really interesting that the gaming industry doesn't really do that and stuff that they could totally benefit from like the dragon ball z kakarot effect of just like we're owning this this time frame mm-hmm. yeah but yeah may was uh i may was uh uh i think a missed opportunity after when when, when i'm looking at this uh this release release calendar here so let's move on to june and it's funny because <laughs> may is my birthday and i'm not big on birthdays but i remember thinking earlier in the year oh man i in may this year i'm gonna get both the last of us part two as well, because I think that was the original release date, as well yes. as a new Fast and Furious movie <laughs> to watch. In the movie. That I think that was legitimately supposed to come out on my birthday day. Uh, and then both of those things got pushed. 
Last of Us just by a month, but then uh, Fast and Furious by a whole year. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, with the whole Fast and the Furious situation, the worst part about the worst part about the Fast and Furious situation is that the movie is actually completed, like it's done, done, like straight up. Mm-hmm. It's just being held in a vault. But yeah, anyways, all right. So June, June, I can right off the first thing I see in June is Valorant. So that's 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 dope. And then I see mm-hmm. obviously the Last of Us Part Two. What was it the nineteenth here? June nineteenth. Um, oh man. Uh, I don't see anything else that's worth mentioning, do you? That's training came out on PC and Carry On came out. Mm. But yeah, that's about it. I, I think, you know, The Last of Us Part Two was the game of June. Oh my this god. This big, divisive game. Oh my god, I, did, I just now saw uh, Clubhouse Games 51 Worldwide Classics. Shout out to that one. <laughs> but anyways, no. When when did that come out? Uh, June that, was 5th. that June? June 5th. Mm-hmm. I streamed it and everything. Your favorite game of June. Yes, yes. Yeah, yes, actually it is 100% true. Um, yeah, no, I just, let me just, excuse me as I spit while we talk about The Last of Us. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I say it, I say it, it's, it's like, I feel like I need to write an opinion piece on this, on Level 1 Gaming, uh, about, about The Last of Us and why it didn't deserve It's not it. like shitting on The Last of Us Part 2 is going to be some hot take or give you any kind of, you know, critic cred or anything like that. There's <laughs> way... Way too many angry gamers out there doing that already. So you know, I don't I know, know the worst, if you it's know, worth pursuing. I just want to say that the people that hate on The Last of Us, like, they get a bad rap, okay? Uh, like, I feel like I hate the uh, the cri- the criticism to the criticism because it always wants to lump people mm-hmm. into, like, oh, you're just a bigot or you're just, you know, you don't like this right. and stuff like that. And no, I'm I like, no, that. fuck you. Like, that's not true. I, that is. I do it to make fun of you. I yeah. do it to make fun of you, but... <laughs> I understand how you feel because, you know, I really didn't like The Last Jedi and I had all these reasons for why I felt like I didn't like it in my head. Ultimately, I just didn't like it, right? So at the end of the day, you can't force somebody to like something. But I got so annoyed that people would... Assume things uh, about you, you know. Like, assume yeah. things, yeah. Like, like they were putting people in buckets. It, it's so weird that, like, they treated an opinion on a movie, The Last Jedi, as a political opinion in some way. And I felt like... <laughs> We it was kind of similar with the movie with the Joker, oh, yeah. by the way, a little bit different, like not as strong, but okay. And I just didn't like, I just didn't like the Last Jedi movie, and I don't think, I don't think the way that people conflate it with politics has anything to do with it. I actually don't think, you know, personally, I actually didn't think the movie was really that political. Actually, it was just kind of dumb. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know. So that's and and I I feel the same way about you know I understand with the Last of Us Part Two as well. I feel like. But, you know, I think some of the conflating sometimes is justified just because you can see, like, uh, if you see a lot of people, right, like, your brain can't help it but do that sometimes where you, like, you see all those people that are hating something for the wrong reasons that sometimes when you see somebody else hate it, you can't help but maybe assume that they're the same. And it's something that we got to kind of keep ourselves from doing it because it is prejudice, right? Yeah. Not, I just, you know what? I had a, right. I had an interesting thought because, like, I was going through the comment sections of one of these, uh, uh, these Last of Us critiques and stuff like that, and somebody wrote a comment that really, like, it irks me because I feel like it's true and I feel like it's an attack on me, but I can't help mm-hmm. but agree with them. Uh, so I want to get your take on this. Um, so it, it's, it hurts me to, it pains me to believe that this might be true for me. Um, somebody wrote on a comment section, "You only hate the game because it's not." It's not the adventures of Joel and Ellie part two. And I'm like, mm-hmm. damn, you know, like, is that really where my criticism is really stemming from? Is it because it's not that? Because like, I'm going to tell you this right now. 
there are things that I liked about The Last of Us Part Two, and it was always the flashbacks between Joel and Ellie, like when they were in the the the, mm-hmm. the Jurassic Park, like looking uh, museum and stuff like that, and going off into space and all that good jazz and stuff like that. I feel like those were the best. Oh my god, greatest moments of like The Last of Us Part Two, and like those, like in my head, I consider those scenes canon, but the rest of the game not canon, kind of thing. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like, is it really that? Like, is I'm, am I really just like a bitch for like you know wanting you know, the adventures of Joel and Ellie part two and not getting it. I mean, I, I think in one sense, it's true that, that that's what you wanted. And I think that even though you can find valid criticism and I can even agree with your criticism, I think the ultimate reason why you like it or don't like the game probably has to do with some of that, right? Is whether you, you were able to buy into the Abby thing. That's number one. And then number two, whether you have that expectation of it being, you know, Joe and Ellie part two, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's nothing wrong with that's what you wanted and that you didn't get it. Um, I and am of course, not the, the advertising, kind of by the way, the advertising was, was clearly geared towards the adventures of Joel and Ellie part two. Let's not forget that. Yes. I, I just realized that we should have given a spoiler warning before this, <laughs> by the way. I'm, I'm intentionally trying not to spoil it, uh, yeah. but it might be good for us to put on the show notes uh, some uh, like a mild spoiler warning or something in there as well. Yeah. But, you know, some there's there's this narrative of like, hey, you can't go into something and uh, expect it to be what you want it to be. You just need to let it surprise you or let it be what it is and then accept it for what it is. And I don't always agree with that because I can't get outside of my own head sometimes. And I, if I want a movie to be something, that means that that's what I want. And and it's going to be very hard for me to like it if it's not what I want. And I don't think that makes me a bad person. I think that's just kind of being a person, right? When you're making a movie, you want to give your audience what they want. So that's the intention ultimately. And the audience is not all the same. So you may be giving somebody what they want, but not somebody else, right? I think with The Last of Us Part Two, they wanted to take some chances and do something different. And they didn't want the second game to just be the first game again. They wanted it to be something else and something that would trigger different types of emotions from you. And I think that that's why they chose the direction that they did. And I feel like I can accept that for what it is. And I think that's ultimately what I wanted. I did not want. What do you want? But then the truth is that there's half the people that play the game that wanted what you wanted and that they're very upset. And I think that's understandable and that's reasonable. And those people will nitpick problems that maybe I will see as well, but will not affect my enjoyment of it. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, and I'm not saying nitpick that almost sounded negative. Like, I don't mean it as like, oh, oh, there you like nitpick the game. I mean that two people can see the same issue, but... For one person, it's like, oh, and that's terrible. And for the other person, it's like, I don't really care, you know? And ultimately, what me- what makes it so that you care or not about that issue is how you feel overall about the direction. You didn't like the direction, so a lot of these things will upset you more than they would upset me because I overall was yeah. okay with the direction, yeah. right? Yeah, like when I like talked about like the whole... Uh the the narrative uh what's that word i'm looking for uh uh like this uh nope ah damn it it's it's that word like uh, uh ludo narrative dissonance that's the word i was looking for i was like talking mm-hmm. about that yeah but anyways yeah uh i feel like this is good i feel like i needed a, a therapy session about about the last of us <laughs> <laughs> uh, i mean like i feel like i don't know like is this is is this what neil Druckmann wanted he wanted conversation that you know people can just litigate forever and ever uh you know maybe i don't know and 
The other thing, too, is that I think that... Fuck, where was I going with this? Oh, man, I had a thing. I had a thing. Oh, maybe we'll come back later. Maybe we should just keep going. All right, July. All right, so uh, July had Iron Man VR, by the way. So that's... Okay, first thing there I, it is. The first thing I see here, I see a Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 2. I see... Uh, well, Death Stranding was on PC in July, not in not in May. So there's that. Probably another one of those delays. Um, I'm looking at the US Gamer article <laughs> still. <laughs> uh, Ghost of Tsushima was obviously the king of July. Yeah. July 17th. Also overshadows uh, Paper Mario, the, Orga- the Origami King. Um, oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Dude, how weird is it that Nintendo did not do any kind of, you know e3 during yeah. that time frame yeah. and they just kind of drop these games they just you know like in I mean? may it's they just, just like... throw out a, a, a trailer on twitter and then that's that that's the marketing campaign <laughs> i know yeah very little fanfare on crazy. Top of that. but yeah no i um uh people were uh sort of semi poo-pooing uh the origami king and stuff like that it's like i remember uh we almost had a topic of the show where i suggested like hey let's do a topic of the show on this interview uh, because there was an interview about how like uh, there's how about how like Nintendo designs their games and stuff like that, and I had took umbrage with one of the quotes that was on the article, and um, basically I wanted to talk about like how you you know how you should design games and stuff like that. Like, do you do you always want to design games with like you know when you make a sequel to something, do you you know do what you already did in the past and like give the audience what they want, or do you just you know, take a risk and, you know, do do design choices that no one asked for and, you mm-hmm. know, go with that. Because people were like, why didn't you just make a thousand year door part part two, you know, like that? And, and the guy was basically answering in so many words. I don't remember the, the article. I, I just remember like that, that like that, like super hot rage feeling that I felt when I was like, well, fuck that, you know, like, you know, but yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because, you know, I've taken classes on game design obviously but i've also taken classes on just general um like kind of like project management and entrepreneurship and things like that and and there's these two narratives that i've heard and i've even heard them from like the same person and they're they're kind of conflicting but one of the narratives is figure out what your audience wants and just give them that right so like get to your audience see what they like get your ego out of it don't worry about what you like or what you want to do. Figure out what the audience wants and you give them exactly that. And there is a lot of developers and publishers out there in the gaming space and in other entertainment industries as well, where you can tell that that's their motto, right? And they, you know, they do surveys and they look at analytics and they look at data and they're like, this is what our players like, this is what our players want, and let's give them just that. And that's when you see franchises get kind of stale in a way because they're just kind of, they're just kind of, Every entry is just a slight improvement on the other one. I think an interesting example of this is probably the Pokemon Mm -hmm. franchise, for instance. Or there's a bunch of other examples out there, right? Sports games, etc. But then there's this other philosophy that's a conflicting one, which is your fans or your audience, they don't know what they want. You tell them (laughs) what they want. And you show them what they want. And this is actually, there's a Miyamoto quote from many years ago where he said something akin to that. Where he said, players don't know what they want. You as the designer, your job is to show them what they want. Because, and and there's this other quote too that I like that encapsulates it. Which is that if um, if during like the time frame that Henry Ford, when when he made the car, that had he asked what people around him wanted, they would all have said more horses and 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 not a car. 
So the point is like as an idealist, as an entrepreneur, then you need to think outside the box and you need to figure out what is it that people are going to want that they don't even know is possible yet, that they don't even they can't even conceptualize, but you can try to conceptualize them given that. And that's what most of the innovators in our society, I think, have done throughout history. So it's it's just kind of these two different approaches. Like you can tell that with something like The Last of Us Part Two, for instance, they didn't give people what they wanted. They were like, let's, you know, shock them. Let's try to take them in this journey and see if they like it. And half the people liked it and half the people didn't. And yeah, I don't know. Are we going on a tangent here? <laughs> I think it's an interesting topic. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, we didn't. We did a or topics of the show within topic of the show. All right. But anyways, <laughs> no. I just I I just wanted to give a quick shout out to your um, Nintendo Switch had Catherine Full Body uh, come out in July, mm-hmm. um, as well as but can it run Crisis? Crisis came out <laughs> on the Nintendo Switch um, mm-hmm. in July, and uh, I just want to say that the new meme is no longer going to be but can it run Crisis is but can it run Cyberpunk. Uh, that's true but also just i just wanted to say i just wanted to give a quick shout out to on this tangent here but i saw a tweet from brian altano where he did like a mock-up of uh the cyberpunk 2077 logo but he put it he made it say uh uh cyberpunk 2076 but it's the fallout 76 you know 76 logo so it's like Mm, nice i'm like "Mm, damn that's a good one very good, very good. All right, anyways. Uh, but no, yeah, so uh, I just wanted to give a quick shout-out to, to Ghost. Obviously, the best game of July, or the biggest game of July. Possibly, uh, probably the best game, because it was nominated for Game of the Year. Um, I just I only play, like, the first hour of the game, so I haven't played anything beyond my, my first initial impressions. Um, it looks beautiful. I can't believe it runs on, like, you know, PS4, on seven-year-old hardware. You know, it's uh, it's it's an inter- interesting take. It's like, you know, we had, like, the best visual games, like, ever from like Final Fantasy 7 Remake, uh, The Last of Us Part 2, and Ghost of Tsushima, all in the same year that Cyberpunk came out on the, on the PS4 and it struggles to like yeah. you know, render any assets and stuff like that. And it's kind of interesting that like, you know, suddenly, all of a sudden, the PS4 is, is seven-year-old hardware when no one was complaining earlier this year kind of thing. But yeah, yeah. so... It's good. The good thing with, us, with something like that happening, actually, is to make us not... Try to make us not take things for granted, right? Like, because I feel like we kind of take it for granted. We see things like God of War and Last of Us running beautifully in that console. And we might forget that a lot of work and a lot of, in, in, like, intelligence goes into making those games look as good as they do. Um, it's not like, oh, you just do whatever in uh, Unreal or whatever, and you export it to the PS4 and run it, and it's <laughs> like that, you know? <laughs> There is a lot of work that goes into making those things run smoothly and look as good as they do. And not every developer out there can pull it off, especially depending on the scale of their game and and their timeline. So let's use that as a way to appreciate Naughty Dog and Sony Santa Monica and Sucker Punch Productions and Square Enix and everybody else. Yeah, that's an interesting take. All right. So we got moving on to August. Um... Let's take a look here. I see Microsoft Flight Simulator. I remember that was uh, people were talking about that game. Uh, let's see. The biggest game though is Fall Guys. Ah, there we go. Fall Guys. That was an. Oh yeah. I, that's the. Oh my God. I literally. It's the very first thing. Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout. Hmm. Yeah. I would say that you're you are correct. I remember that was the hotness, and then and then Among Us ate its lunch. Um, yep. Definitely. Do you think that if I, uh, Among Us never blew up, that people would still be talking about Fall Guys? Like, do you think that Fall Guys would have won Among, mm-hmm. Among Us's categories this year? 
I don't know. Perhaps. I I actually, I think Fall Guys is a better game, personally. I, you know, I, I was happy to see Among Us win some awards and to see the developers in a school that's such a small team put, put together something that's so interesting and that created this whole, you know, that so many people jumped on. But I actually, I don't know. I, I feel more compelled to go and play more Fall Guys than I do playing more Among Us. What about you? Well, I definitely, we definitely got to do another stream because obviously the only stream of Among Us that we did, like I didn't export it to <laughs> YouTube. So that VOD is gone. So we need to redo that mm. one. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, like, uh, there's obviously the new seasons we missed. We completely missed out on season two, but there's obviously new obstacle courses in season three that's already out. Um, and uh, I, I believe there's like a new, uh, a new, like, skin integration i think season two at sonic and i forgot who the featured uh skin is this this season but i know he's kind of hype inducing or whatever he or she i don't know who the character is but um yeah i mean i don't know like i feel like with the lot with fall guys like i don't know like i was i'm i don't like a when a game when you're fighting with the controller of the game so i know mm-hmm. it's i think it's designed intentionally that way because that's how like real life you know those uh those ops it's like a tv show based on that by the way um that uh that those kind of obstacle courses you know it's not exactly precise you know you're not you don't have com- complete control over everything and when you're when you're doing those these crazy courses and stuff like that so obviously you got a little bit of that designed into it and obviously it's designed with a little jank in mind so that way anyone can win you know so it's like not completely mm-hmm. skill not 100% skill based and stuff like that so it's it's fair it's it's supposed to be fun it's supposed to be mario party like and i don't know like I, I, on the one hand, I, I appreciate everything that's done and it's done with intent. But on the other hand, it's like I just want a more precise, like Donkey Kong Country, like precision platforming, where I can sort of own up my wins or my losses, you know, on me. Um, yeah, I feel like that's just the kind of thing that would be really hard to do in a battle royale setting, though, especially with the, with as many players as you get in as as small an environment as you get in Fall Guys. I wonder if the way that they did the game is kind of the only way that they really could have done it, right? Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, let's see here. I see Horizon Zero Dawn came out on PC. Um, and, of course, the Fast and Furious Crossroads game. Everyone loves that. It's going to be an instant classic right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Battletoads. Uh, I believe you you checked that out in on, on uh, Game Pass. Um I did not actually. The one I was playing was the other one. There was the other beat 'em up, Streets of oh, Rage Four, right, right. that I actually think came out around similar time, or maybe a little bit later. Yeah, that's the one that I played for a little bit, but I have not. I've not played Battletoads yet. Hmm. Yeah, I don't see anything else that's um, that's uh, big for for August. So obviously, yeah, you're right. You called it right. Vol Guys is the biggest game of August, um, and of course, we've got it because it was PS Plus, and that was a great release strategy for yes. us consumers. Uh, so let's see here. Uh, in September, obviously, I'm going to give it to Ori and the Will of the Wisps. It was <laughs> ported to the Nintendo Switch. Uh, I see I see Hades. I see, uh, let's see here. Hades came out in September? Yeah, September 17th Damn. from the looks of it here. And I also see uh, Super Mario 3D All-Stars, um, which is, you know, the game that's going to go in the Disney vaults in March. Um, <laughs> I, everyone poo-pooed WWE 2K Battlegrounds for it being, like, janky and, like, or no, no, actually not. I'm thinking about, like, 2K21 or whatever, like, that. Never mind. Okay. I don't remember any talk or chatter about uh, about uh, Battlegrounds in general, though. Uh, but it was very arcade-y. Um, I don't think it was well-received. Mm, mm. I think it was poorly received, actually. Okay, I believe um, it. <laughs> uh, obviously, Avengers yeah. came out in September. And so did uh, Tony's Ho- Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, the, the, re- the remaster. Mm. 
Yeah. Avengers, I still want to go back. That's probably one of the ones that I, I really want to go back to during the break, if I'm able to. Um, I, I, I definitely want to finish the story, at least. I did like where I was going. I thought playing as the heroes was pretty fun. I liked how different they felt from each other. They, I mean, they all had, like, you know, there's the basics, like, to the point where everybody kind of uses the same buttons to do the same types of attacks, which made it easier to transition from one to the other. But each character kind of had a few, like, unique things to where they felt different. And I ultimately felt like it was a fun game to play, and I liked where the story was going with the campaign. It was also just one of those games that I just kind of stopped playing just because. Yeah. Um, no fault of its own. But yeah, apparently the online part is where the, the problems lie. Mm. And I find it crazy that the game, like, lost Square Enix money when it actually still was one of the best-selling games of the year. <laughs> um, uh. So it just shows how much money they poured into this. And I feel like that's kind of a Square Enix thing because I've 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 seen similar stories in the past where it's like, well, Tomb Raider didn't sell enough, you know, even though it's like, yeah, like it sold over five million copies. It's like it's not enough, and like, yeah, damn, you know, yeah, yeah, they just they dump so much money in these games, and I, I think this game was just in development for so long and involved work from so many people over a certain amount of time that that they really needed it to be, you know, one of the top five games of the year to make it worth it it seems or to maybe they really needed to get the extra money from all the microtransactions and maybe that's why they didn't get but the game still i think the game is still on the top 10 uh year to date best-selling games of the year and towards the end but still and it's crazy to think that that wasn't enough <laughs> oh man I, i'm of, of course we're gonna have an eventual ready press play stream of us playing that game on, on, online and stuff uh, I'm sure mm-hmm. that's going to come, but I don't know. We don't know when, but I don't know when I'm going to play it. Uh, I don't know if I should I actually like play the game solo first and like, you know, you should get a get a character going and stuff. Or should we just I, my first playthrough is going to be live on Ready Press Play's Twitch channel. No, I think you should play the game first, especially because I actually think you need to go through um, at least a certain part of the campaign before you are even able to play online with other people. Mm, that makes sense. All right. So, okay. Um, I need any October. other shout outs. For, okay. Nah, I don't see anything. All right. October. All right. Here we go. Super Mario Brothers 35, October 1st. That's the Battle Royale game. We, uh, we both did you play it. more of that, by the way? I haven't, I only played it the one time. Uh, I really, mm-hmm. I never went back and tried to get that dub, but, um, I liked, I liked what I played. Uh, it's too bad they're going to shut that servers down here, you know, in the next three months. Yeah. Um, I see Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. I see Star Wars Squadrons. Um, FIFA 21, and yeah, no, I don't. Watch Dogs Legion. Watch Dogs Legion. There we That's go. The final shout out there, which honestly I feel like kind of also just kind of came out <laughs> and then. <laughs> Right? Yeah, well, that's kind of crazy. Did it was was it because of like the false shuffle of all these releases, or was it because like it was just you know it just kind of like thud, like it's like it's kind of like a dud, you know? I don't know. I don't think the game is bad. I just I don't think the game was good enough to make it survive the competition when more stuff started coming out in November. So, and I also think not everybody really liked it, right? So, I think the game had potential. I didn't play enough of it to really have that strong of an opinion, honestly. I, I want to go back to it eventually, but yeah, it just kind of came out. I, I actually, I don't really know, like, I'm, I'm willing to, I think Star Wars Squadrons actually might have been the biggest game this month, just just because I think it's the game that sold best out of all of those. Interesting. Um, I, I could be wrong, I wouldn't have called that. I would have thought that Watch Dogs would have been the biggest game of the month. 
Um, I don't think so. No, I don't think Watch Dogs charted as well. Um, I think it's between, I mean, obviously, actually, FIFA is probably the biggest game, but FIFA aside, um, because that's kind of like obvious, right? Whenever, oh, is it, you know, I just remembered there was that one uh, um, uh, NPD story that we read in the podcast, and Crash 4 and Star Wars Squadron charted like at the number 11 and 13 spots. Yes, because that's what I was because it was just one day of sales, and that's how like the NPD reporting cutoff date was October 2nd. And so uh-huh. we kind of have a feeling we kind of it almost charted in the top 10 just on one day. Yeah. Yeah. I'm willing to bet that it's in between other than FIFA it's in between Star Wars and Crash there. I don't and I think maybe Watch Dogs would come after that. But I think both of those games seem like they sold more than Watch Dogs. I would say FIFA um, we'll was see. probably going to be the biggest game of, of October. Obviously, FIFA is the juggernaut that is FIFA, you know. Yeah. Um, I know yeah. people that just only play FIFA and it's kind of crazy. Um, but yeah. Uh, the other thing here, let's move on to November. So this is where things are like we're in like the like the 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 fall shuffle kind of thing, and you got like new consoles releasing and stuff like that. We have like the PS5 and the Xbox. Let's talk about X. the new consoles for a bit. Like, what do you think? So this that that was probably the biggest you know thing in gaming this year was the fact that the next generation of gaming started. The Series X and the PS5 came out in November. But you know what's kind of funny is like that, I read a comment uh, when I was you know hunting for the PS5 early, earlier yesterday, is that um, somebody said was like I don't think the PS5 actually released. <laughs> it's like <laughs> damn nice. Uh, yeah, I mean it's interesting though, right? Like this these consoles came out, but I feel like they almost kind of didn't. <laughs> <laughs> because um, it's just so hard to get Fame them right is a and i huge xbox fan and he's like he's all about his xbox he think he like out of, out of all his platforms xbox is his favorite and he can't even get wait it. who uh david fame uh mm-hmm. yeah uh friend of the show uh level one gaming uh i just i and, i know who he is i just missed like uh, for some reason you cut out uh, when you said his name so, uh so yeah. yeah no he uh he's like one of the xbox biggest fans and stuff like that he has an xbox one x and everything and he can't get an xbox series x and i feel bad for him because i have one <laughs> so um, <laughs> it's it's uh it's an interesting take it's like uh i i don't i don't really uh think much of my xbox series x i feel like the honeymoon period lasted about 48 hours and then like when i when i got the series x and i set it up and it was super easy it was Probably one of the, like the easiest setups I've ever had go, had to go through as far as like mm-hmm. um, you know just tr- everything migrated over very seamlessly, and and then the one one of the things that really killed the hype for me is that I was reading I was watching a bunch of YouTuber reviews of like the Xbox Series X um, after the fact after release date and stuff like that, and um, um, there was this one YouTuber who didn't say it in like a mean or like backstabby way. He just said it as a, just more of a matter of fact. But when I took it, I took it as like a slight against the Xbox Series X, uh, which I don't think he meant it by that way. He said he called um, the, uh, the Xbox Series X a hardware, like the hardware version of a software update, of uh, the hardware version of a patch. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, fuck, it is. You know, it's like all it is is just a patch to your Xbox One to have better hardware to run the same games you already have, the same OS that you already have, just everything the same. You know, it's like, yeah, that's like the, that's like, it's that's kinda, kind of like insulting a little bit, but I don't think he meant it that I, way. I feel like it's kind of like buying a new iPhone in a way for people that already had it. Um, it was, you know, it was this big new thing for me because I didn't really have an xbox one never did never even touched one i think or played one 
Um, actually, that's a lie because I did at work. Actually, <laughs> um, so I I did uh, I did mess with the Xbox One S, um, SDKs in a work capacity uh, or dev kits. I mean, okay. But personally, I, I never really owned an Xbox One, so it felt pretty new to me to like have an Xbox and have it be my primary console. And that's kind of the reason why too, where I was like, I'm gonna get the Series X first, and then I'm gonna wait on the PS5. At that point, I didn't even know how much harder it was going to be to get a PS5. So ended up being a good decision just on that alone. <laughs> um, but it was also like I liked the idea because I never really got ingrained into the Xbox ecosystem to actually force myself to play all new third party games that I buy on Xbox Series X and see how I feel about that. I just wanted to experience something different and have more of a departure of what I was used to before. And it's been interesting because, you know, I th- the, the UI is like for people that have had an Xbox One, it's like, well, it's the same UI. But to me, it's like, well, you know, all I can really compare this to is the PS4 UI. And I think this is pretty good, actually. I think I think I might actually find it better. And like, so everything to me feels new. But I guess it's kind of like for people that already have it, it's, it's kind of like buying a new iPhone. It's like... It's just this and that's kind slightly of, upgraded that, version. That kind of, of your goes against hardware. the grain of like what we were conditioned to. Like whenever we we upgrade from like the yeah. PS2 to the PS3, it's a whole new generation. It's a whole new experience, and you know everything is new. And even with the PS4 to the PS5, everything is new. And we got to just scrapping yeah. the old OS and everything. And you know it's all like you know it's it's not it's not an iPhone. It's not the iPhone 5 to the 5s. You know it's yeah yeah I don't know. I will tell you this, though. Ever since I got my Series X, I have not turned on my PS4 a single time, I think. <laughs> I have only played things on the Series X. And, and it's not, you know, it is intentional, but it's also not. Like, I have PS4 games that I want to play, but I've, I've just kind of been more interested in playing on the Series X instead. It just feels like it feels like this new, different, shiny thing to me. Um, So I, it makes me want, and also like, you know, the... The immediate, I'm still not over it. Or it's like the the immediate loading of games is still pretty impressive to me. Like mm. the fact that I, I'm like, let me go play some Cyberpunk, and it's like I just turn on the console in one second, click um, A on the controller, and then I'm back in the game in one second. Basically, yeah. it's like it's just all it all just feels so fast um, to where I can't even like look at my phone um, while it's happening. So That's that crazy. is still pretty cool to me. And I mean, compared to other console transitions and, and new generations is not as flashy. And I will say, I will give it to the PS5 in comparison that it launched with a lot more cool, exciting new games to play. A hundred percent. Like, I feel like when it comes to launch lineup or even launch window lineup, the PS5 wins like hands down, right? Yeah. But it still didn't change the fact that it was still a pretty cool experience for me to uh, jump on this new console and just kind of experience this new Xbox experience for me and and be able to just jump on these new third-party games like Assassin's Creed Valhalla and Cyberpunk immediately and have them look really good. Um, better than they could have looked, obviously, in my PS4 or in my old PC, right? Right, right. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, I have, I'm like the complete opposite of you, by the way. I have not, I only, like, launch my X, I only turn on my Xbox Series X just so I can, like, stream Disney Plus on it or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I think the only time I've been playing, like, the Xbox is when we're playing Halo on, on stream. Like, I'm still sticking to my PS4, like, uh, my, my Fortnite account is, is on my PS4, so I can't, I can't just play that same account on my Xbox, unfortunately. It doesn't work that way. Mm. Um, 
I think there's a feature where you can merge accounts, but I just don't take advantage of that. So that's that one's completely on me. I'd rather I like the idea of having like four accounts versus versus one. Uh, but anyways, um, I just wanted to uh, say that um, I, I I can't wait to like give our impressions of the PS5 in March. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like I I wanna I just wanna like. Uh, I want to just get on, like, make the title one of the episodes, like episode number 65, PS5 Impressions, you know, in, in 2021. <laughs> uh, Maybe at that point I'll even get one because, like, I just, you know, I just don't want to have to deal with all of this <laughs> annoyance <laughs> to get it. Like, I'll I'll get it when it's like when I can walk into a Best Buy and just casually, get it. like 5 just, p.m. in the afternoon, <laughs> I'll, I'll probably get it. <laughs> casually just walk into, yeah. Kind of like what yeah. I did with the Xbox Series X when I just casually woke up and just pre-ordered it. I you know, know, dude. <laughs> and it's so funny that you did that and and that David, who is like, was probably there waiting for it, was not able to get it. That's <laughs> yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, what's kind of interesting is like, there's, is there a clear winner of like the best game of November? Because you had like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, mm-hmm. you had like Demon's Souls and uh, Miles Spider-Man, Morales. Spider-Man Miles Morales and all this other, like just this huge like laundry list of like heavy hitters that are just going for like glory. Like, is there like a, I, I mean, honestly, I would just, I haven't played it, but I would imagine that Miles Morales probably takes the crown. Um, yeah. It's kind of interesting though. I feel like I haven't, well, maybe it's because it's not, it doesn't come across like it's like this full-fledged sequel to Spider-Man, but I, I didn't hear as much about that game as the as I did about the 2018 Spider-Man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And the people that did play it, it seems like they really, really, really liked it, but it just comes across like not as many people played it. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I mean, also, like, I mean, does it benefit or does it, does it, uh... You know, there's the PS4 version of it all. It's like, do people really, like, I want to know what the sales numbers on that game is, like, just in general. Like, you know, how does it split yeah, between, me too. between PS4 and PS5? Like, is the fact that Sony's supporting, you know, last gen, does it actually, like, you know, you know that thing where it's like, oh, yeah, there's a hundred there's a hundred million PS4s in the wild. You know, we can't let, we can't forget about that install base. We can't, there's money to be made. But is there really money to be made? You know, it just kind of seems like the hardcore people are going to completely not buy the PS4 version because, or even if they can't even get a PS5, they just wouldn't buy it on the PS4 because they only want to experience it on the superior hardware. You know? I don't know. I'm willing to guess that uh, there's much less people like that than you would think there is. Yeah, cause because I, I think I, I'm like I I bought it on the PS5 and I don't even own a PS5. I, I'm just I yeah. have it on my shrink wrap ready to go as soon as I get my PS5. I yeah. feel like that kind of gamer. Um, there's plenty of them, and 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 we would probably fall into that category in one way or another. But I think it's a smaller piece of the pie than people think. Um, I think there's plenty of people out there that have a PS4, like it. That maybe they want a PS5, but they're like, ah, so much work to get one. Or, like, they're not super aware about it. They're like, I'll get it in a year or eventually. They're not worried about it. And they'll just see the game. Like, they'll go they'll go to, like, a Walmart and they'll see the game and they'll just grab it on the PS4. But I'm curious, too. Like, and I think I'm mostly curious because I, I don't know how much marketing this game got outside of our circles. Um, but I, I'm willing to bet that it sold more on the PS4 than it sold on the PS5. Just solely on the fact that the install size, yeah, install base, right? So like, even if uh, you know, five percent of PS4 owners got it, that's already five million plus units, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I don't even know if there's that many PS5s out there already, um, right? Right. So, I, it makes me think too about the the Breath of the Wild 
situation on the Wii U. Like, do we know? I think yeah, we know how much that game sold on the Wii U. Nintendo reported the numbers. It, the Wii U version did not. Um, it sold obviously, but uh, the Switch eclipsed the Switch uh, sales eclipsed. Yeah, it. especially because like the there was a hundred and three percent of Sw- of Switch owners own Breath of the Wild, which is like that was <laughs> yeah. interesting. Um, they did the thing where they buy they did the thing where they buy the game before they even own a Switch because they couldn't find it, so they just had it on the ready. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, like I just. Uh, um, you know, I still have my my uh, my Wii U version of Breath of the Wild in, in a shrink wrap. I'm hoping that it appreciates in value, and I can sell it on eBay in like 2030 for like double or triple the price. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, which I probably won't do it. I'll probably check the eBay prices, know that I can sell it, and then be be smug about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, you're hilarious. Uh, but anyways, um, the uh, the other notable releases that I can see here is Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity, which I don't know, like, did it really like. I, I want to know how big like this game was because I know like there's like I've seen Twitter about people like you know talking about this game but like I don't know how big that impact is or did it just sort of just get drowned out in everything else but it did launch away like a couple of weeks away from like the the new gen consoles so it had like some breathing room but um... yeah I'm gonna be honest with you I think the majority of people don't even know that game exists <laughs> I think I think there are people out there that are big Breath of the Wild fans and I also fall into the the small pie that is like the hardcore gamers or whatever that uh that bought it or were at least interested in it and kept an eye out for it. But I think the average consumer out there probably doesn't even know that game exists. They're well, they have I mean, they're still playing Animal Crossing on their Switch instead. It you know was what I mean? the uh it's the the it's already the highest selling uh Warriors game of the entire franchise. Like all of Dynasty Warriors, all of like Oh, that means it must have at least sold like a hundred thousand games, right? <laughs> that's a good one you're that hmm, yes i just i can Uh, see that but i don't i still don't think that puts it into the same echelon as the um like uh, like you know assassin's creed or anything yeah you're right you're right fair enough i could be wrong fair enough um but yeah okay that's i mean that's november we got the new consoles we got a bunch of re-releases and remasters and stuff like that and just just so many to count and uh like the master chief collection patch and the Fortnite patch and all this other stuff so uh, there's, I mean, I guess that's really all, all I wanted to say about November. So just looking at December, um, let's see here. I am not seeing anything of, no- well, well, we got cyberpunk. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, what good did that do us? Um, I think the biggest game was obviously cyberpunk in terms of hype and marketing, but really the biggest game, the best game of December was probably Immortals Phoenix Rising. Hmm. I'm curious which one has a higher Metacritic. That's probably... Oh, I think uh, the Metacritic was based off of the PC reviews of uh, Cyberpunk, so it's got like a 91. So, yeah. You know, if we talk about Cyberpunk for a second, it's an interesting narrative, right? Because if we look ahead, um, a year from now, or a few years from now, the game is probably gonna... Like, it's gonna have all the bugs fixed, or like the majority of the bad bugs fixed. It's probably gonna look much better on the base versions... More people are going to buy next-gen consoles and will be pay- playing it on next-gen. So slowly the the importance of the way that it released on PS4 and Xbox One gets diluted amongst, you know, people's experiences through time with the game. And especially it's the kind of game that will keep selling a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, kind of like GTA does. It doesn't do, it won't do GTA numbers, but it will probably do Witcher 3 numbers. Right. And so it makes me wonder if, like, when we look back on it years from now... I mean, people like us are going to be like, oh, yeah, it launched really bad on, like, last-gen consoles. But I wonder if that's even going to matter in the grand scheme of things. 
Now, the other side of this, though, is like what they pulled off was really shitty. I don't. I think there's no sugarcoating it. The fact that they intentionally tricked their consumers into buying a game thinking that it was going to be something when it was completely something else, like the way that they've dealt with the whole situation, I think that's really bad. And it makes me wonder what level of consequences that's going to have for CD Projekt Red. Uh, and I feel like it needs to have... I mean, I'm not going to, you know, go. I'm not going to go fight for it, but I think that it would be fair if, if there were some bad consequences to them because of that. Um, maybe like having to refund all the purchases for, you know, PS4 and Xbox One consumers and all that stuff. Um, I think that would be valid. But once again, I also feel like in the grand scheme of things, right, like a year from now or two years from now or three years from now, will that have mattered or not? And I think it ultimately won't. Do you think that um, there would be a situation? Do you see a situation where like the PS4 and the Xbox One versions are going to be in this bad state forever and then we just sort of like, walk away from it and just say, forget about it and just play it on PC, play it on a PS5, play it on yeah. Xbox series. And then, you know, it's going to be 50% that because I do think they're going to make him look better on fixed bugs and et cetera, but they're never going to look, you know, that good. And at some point we're just going to move on. Cause at some point, you know, most people that want to play cyberpunk to begin with already have a high end PC or an X gen console, you know, that, that's already the case with the percentage of the fan base now, but it will be even more the case in one year, two years, three years, right? And it also seems like it's something that people just generally seem to accept with CD Projekt Red. Like, it comes across like The Witcher 3 wasn't that different, where the game was much worse when it came out than it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah, it, just... it, and it's also not the same time, sorry, not the first time that this has happened. Probably in the scale, yes, but I remember, I think Skyrim, when Skyrim came out, the PS3 version was like totally janked. It was like the game ran really well on the 360, but it was totally screwed on the PS3 for some reason. And nobody even talks about that now. Everybody loves Skyrim. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I I have a feeling that in the grand scheme of the next five years, the consequences of this release are not going to be that big. Um, Yeah. But I do think that CD Projekt Red tried to trick people clearly and should pay the price for that in some way. I just wanted to give a, a like pour one out for all the uh, the Xbox One X owners that bought the Cyberpunk edition, <laughs> the, <laughs> the limited edition Cyberpunk. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I just want to say I, that's it's really bad, but like to think about like the fact that you know this game was announced so long ago, before the PS5 and the Xbox Series X was even even like conceptualized and the fact that we had Mm -hmm. so much marketing and material and trailers before we even knew what the PS5 and the Xbox Series X looked like. And to think that, you know, that this was going to be like a game that was supposed to be uh, created for these machines in mind, like almost exclusively, like, you know, the possibility that that the PS5 and the Xbox Series X didn't come to market, you know, that kind of thing. And that this Mm -hmm. is what they were going to release to the wild. (laughs) yeah that's true Um, that even the xbox one x at the time the most powerful console uh couldn't run it or struggled to run it as well so but anyways um i just i just wanted to give a quick shout out to uh uh the only game that i can that i re um the i was thinking is like it's not on this wikipedia list because i was i did a i did a like a control f like search for it uh was phasmophobia it came out this year but i guess it's because it's early access i guess since it maybe it's not technically Mm -hmm. out but Phasmophobia. Uh, I remember that was a that was a hotness. Maybe slash still is. Uh, we didn't mention anything about Mario Kart Live Home Circuit, which I don't I don't know if I want to 
you know ever get that game because it's basically a, a Hot Wheels turn like a like a toy that you buy in real life. And I don't know if it's if it's just you know a novelty. Um, mm-hmm. And then the uh, yeah, I don't know. I I I I don't know. Like I'm surprised I didn't pick up Immortals: Phoenix Rising. I've seen a lot of good stuff about it. A lot of good chatter on YouTube about it. So I feel like I should get mm-hmm. that game, but. I don't know. Is it is it ne- is it next? <laughs> it is next gen optimized. Oh yeah, I should totally. I should probably just wait till like the PS5 or or Series X to get it or to play it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's it's funny. We we talked a lot and we talked. We went through the months and talked a lot about the games, but I almost feel like we could have even done another episode on this, Louis, and maybe dive a little bit deeper into some of the news. Um, <laughs> yeah, because right? like, I was thinking about that. like you know like we should do like your like a top ten news that we covered all year long and stuff like that, and be like look at our mm-hmm. old uh we have our like our like uh our old docs and stuff that we can look at we have like x our excel sheets that we can look at and everything and be like oh yeah we we covered this and stuff like that and that's that's also some of the new uh youtube videos that some of these uh gaming youtubes that take off for for christmas as well they do one of those like lists of like oh here are the biggest news stories of, of 2019 and 2020 you know mm-hmm. that they pre-record and stuff like that it's like we I was expecting us to do that by the way, but we're basically sort of out of time. I mean, unless you want to do it now and add an extra thirty minutes to the show. No, no. I think you know, we're recording a regular episode tomorrow and I think it's gonna be um or you know, maybe our listeners shouldn't know that, yeah. but they do now. A regular episode <laughs> tomorrow for us, which we recorded in the yeah. past, you know, obviously, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so by the by this point you've already listened, listened to that to episode, it. yeah. And we need a topic of the show for that, so maybe we could maybe we could bring some of that retrospective <laughs> um idea to the topic of the show potentially but we can we can talk about that off yeah off record too yeah 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 so um yeah let's uh i guess we can end it there i i actually you know what before we end it here uh just any thoughts any closing thoughts that you wanted to like just get off your chest about 2020 and mm-hmm. gaming you know i think it was a very good year for games i think that the game if you look at the best games that came out this year i think the general consensus is that they were better than the best games that came out last year so i think we're it we're upwards um it, 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 in that sense right i think it was probably not as strong as something like 2018 or even 2017 with horizon and breath of the wild but there were some pretty awesome games this year um the last of us part two i think is a game that was really big for me and will stick with me and there's a bunch of other games that i had fun with and obviously a lot of the best 2020 games i'm only going to be playing next year but i think despite Everything else that was happening in the world, I think 2020 managed to be a very positive year for games. Games sold very well. Uh, Consoles sold very well this year. And I think that it's kind of cool that games have managed to fulfill a purpose this year. Um, that is kind of the purpose of gaming in general, which is, you know, escapism and, and connection and just fun and joy and all of those things that games do every year. But I think we're the most important this year. Uh, than they've ever probably been before so and i think it's also even kind of helped make games break into the mainstream even further than they had before and we saw that with the likes of animal crossing among us fall guys a little bit even phasmophobia etc um so yeah that's that's how i feel about 2020 damn i I can't really top that um i mean like i said yeah we you, you pretty much hit the nail on the head on that one um I think, um, you know, this is like one of those situations where like, you know, people always talk about how like, you know, games are like sort of underrated when it comes to like other entertainment industries and stuff like that. It's like, you mm-hmm. know, games want to chase to chase that that clout of the movie industry. Um, maybe I don't know about how like how they 
compared to like the music industry and stuff like that. But it feels like they don't get gaming industry sort of gets like the short shrift of things and stuff like that. And it's very interesting that like no one ever really talks about like, you know, the gaming industry is actually more lucrative than the movie industry and that the the, mm-hmm. the the value of every dollar spent on a game is much more you know the dollar goes a longer way as far as like the number of hours of entertainment you can extract out of a single dollar from a game versus a single dollar towards a movie um, i mean look at among us right it's only five dollars i believe yeah. or it's even free on mobile and and think about how much you know there's people out there that probably played that game for over a hundred hours already and had so much fun with their friends uh, through it and etc so yeah I, I agree with you yeah so i i think that like with uh, the whole lockdown situation and you know how much hours you can get lost in these worlds and these virtual worlds that you know this is kind of that that thing where it's like you're right this is like the this was like the time when we needed the most and it's it definitely served its function and it served it well and i feel like you're right there's the the the, the plant the seeds are, are planted for like this to be like a more of like a normalized thing in society that people don't stigmatize, you know, that Mm -hmm. uh, because people, you know, you still, you still see how like, you know, on like Tinder profiles, like, you know, when, when girls like put like their preferences, like, Oh, if you're a gamer, don't, don't talk to me, that kind of thing. And so you see that kind of like, you know, maybe like that, that, that prejudice against like, Oh yeah, you're a gamer. It's like, you know, that's going to sort of go away. I mean, just sort of become more normalized and sort of like uh, Mm -hmm. another entertainment avenue is just as valid as reading a book you know, that kind yeah. of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, with those thoughts, um, we'll, uh, we'll definitely, uh, welcome 2021 with arms wide open and, uh, we'll continue our growth, you know, here on, on brand with ready press play, as well as our own personal growths and all our new year's resolutions and all that good stuff. And, uh, we'll be, uh, talking to you listeners every, every week as things happen. So come along for the ride for ready press play 2.0. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yes. All right. Yeah, it is time to end. And uh, you know, it's kind of funny. Is like I don't have my outro. Haha. <laughs> All right. I'm not. I'm not gonna edit it out. All right. It is time to end. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Ready Press Play. Remember, you can reach the podcast at readyplaynetwork.com or just simply on Twitter at readypressplay. I'm on Twitter at Chakalaka88, Dan. At Dudden Lima. So don't forget to subscribe, give us a review, tell your friends about the show and all that good stuff. Peace out. See you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>